Hello and welcome to the Overland Journal podcast. I am your host, Scott Brady, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Scott. What's going on, Matt? I'm drinking a White Claw for the first <laughs> time, and I feel wonderfully trashy. I, yeah. I don't really know how to describe how I'm feeling. I feel refreshed. I like, feel refreshed. we both had a long day working. We're recording this after work, and... I don't know. A white claw just <laughs> sounded refreshing. It's, it's, it's hot as, I don't know. It's hot. Is Mars hot or is Mars cold or is Mars it wildly fluctuate between the two? Wildly fluctuating. But okay. So in all seriousness, we're talking about storage solutions. So that's everything from roof racks to soft cases to hard cases. I guess they're not really a soft case. It'd be a yeah, soft drawer, bag. Drawer, system. drawer systems, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I think why this is important, even though it's not necessarily super technical, um, is people bring too much crap with them. And I think it's important, you know, to start off with some fundamentals on keeping it simple. I like cars. I like driving. And the number one thing that's going to make your car drive poorly um, is weight. Overloaded. That's the thing yeah. that you can really affect. So, um, And that's interesting that it, it that that has as a concept has never like really permeated the space, yeah. right? If you, I mean, if you think about someone who is a track day guy with his nine eleven, he's paying attention to like Ounces. everything, everything. Like how many keys does he have on his keychain is what he's paying attention to. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting that that idea has never really permeated the overland space, even in the adventure motorcycling space, the amount of weight, that people typically have on their motorcycles. No wonder they suck off road yeah. is because they're so heavy. You end up at a thousand pounds plus with the rider on the bike. That's a lot. And right. I, and I would say that for me, it, it was certainly a consideration towards handling and performance and safety to it, you know, to a degree, you know, having been a fireman and encounter a lot of rollovers in my life, it's definitely a safety consideration. But what I think really changed it for me was it was such a distraction to have so much stuff. Oh yeah. That if, you know, every night when you're trying to set up camp, you've got to remove 10 boxes and three bags to get to your coffee pot or whatever that it becomes super frustrating. And, and I, and of course I did that. I had too much stuff and it yep. was, and it was super frustrating. And I had, I had too many electronic devices on the dash and even uh, I had a laptop mount at one point in time. I have no idea why that was even a good idea, uh, but it's so much easier when we distill it all down to the stuff that really works. And then we just stick with that and, and that reduces weight. It means that we have less stuff to store. It means we have less boxes to buy, less bags to buy. There's more room for, for uh, groceries at the, at the little Mexican tienda that you just went yeah. to in Baja or whatever, or maybe you find, you finally found that piece of art that you always wanted to bring home and you can actually carry it in the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think simplicity is just so important as I always tell people, you know, get those little red dot stickers and start, start sticking them on stuff. And it makes you kind of notice like, Oh, I haven't used that yeah. in a long time. Like our, the thing that we're cutting from, from our gladiator is we had this kind of three in one barbecue, butane stove grill whatever thing and it was probably 40 pounds and you know we're like oh this is great we're really going to use it we're replacing it with just like a single butane burner because right you know the only place we could fit it was like behind the fridge all the way in the back and you end up just not even using it um 
and then you had to have the case for it and you had to have everything for it. And, um, yeah, just, just constantly reevaluate no matter how experienced of a traveler you are, no matter how much you do this, no matter how long you've been camping or overlanding or car camping or whatever you want to call it, just constantly, you know, be a little bit critical. I think of what's going into your car. Um, you know, you don't need the 501, you know, piece craftsman automotive tool set, like the amount of people I know that drive Jeeps that are bringing, you know, I, mean, I guess new Jeeps are metrics, but you know, yeah, figure out what your vehicle is. Yeah. <laughs> like, is do, it metric do you need or both SAE or do, do you need metric or what, what do you need? You know, um, right. figure those things out. Your vehicle may already have a toolkit. Um, but yeah. And how to describe that process to the listener of uh, putting the red dot stickers on there. When do you take everything out of the vehicle and then you weigh it, put a sticker on it and put it back in? Or how does that work for you? I, I don't get that complicated with it. And honestly, the, the, the red dot for me as a metaphor, I don't really do the red dot. I just try and be really, really cognizant of what is in my car, but I'm, but I'm actually thinking about this. The reason I recommend the red dot and it's simple. Yeah. Take everything out or as you're putting something new in, you know, put that little red dot on there. And it's just a visual reminder that when you do use it, and if it's something you're using, take the red dot off. Yeah. Right. You know, those little stickers are cheap. They're simple. They don't really leave anything. Um, you know, for example, that little barbecue stove thing, if we would have put a red dot on it 30 days in Baja over Christmas, and I think we used it once. Yeah. You know, and we used it as a butane stove. And especially like in, I mean, I think about in, when I'm in Baja, the only thing I really use a stove for is to make coffee. Cause it's the one yeah. thing, it's the one thing that typically sucks in Mexico is, co- <laughs> is coffee because the food, I, I can't imagine the desire, anything that there's nothing that I could prepare food wise that would be better than what I could get, um, at the, at the little local we, we, taco shop. So we love interacting with people. We totally. love food. We love culture. Like I like to go really, really remote. Yeah. Um, that that's, that's a huge thrill for me, but I'm not the kind of person that likes to go really, really remote and then stay there for a week. Right. You know, I kind of want to go, okay, have my beer, watch the sunset, go on to the next thing. Um, maybe some people think that that's bad, you know, traveling is a personal thing. It can be whatever you want. Yeah. It should be whatever you want. Yeah. Right. But I always think, you know, as we, as we talk with the fundamentals of storage, I would always argue that less is more. So true. I don't know. I mean, we're both fans of roof racks, but we don't really put that much stuff on them Mm-mm. because that's where my firewood goes. That's where, you know, the tire that is underneath my car that I blow out and I have to replace and eh, I throw it up there or, or, or whatever. It's kind of reserve capacity. It has to be reserve capacity. I think in most cases, especially if you're traveling with other vehicles, if you have, if you're in a two party convoy and you have a vehicle breakdown, you've got to put all of their stuff or maybe even part of your stuff on the roof in order to make room for other people. Right. Yeah. So you can drive to the next town and get help. So I do, I do like the roof rack for just like you said, putting firewood on top. I like sleeping on a roof rack mm-hmm. when it's warm out. It's a great place to sleep under the stars. It gives you that, you know, like if you did find that, you know, that piece of piece of furniture you always wanted to buy <laughs> in Mexico, you have a place to put it. Um, so I, I do like the idea of, of keeping roof racks um, for reserve capacity. We've talked about that in the past and we really need to know as travelers, what is our vehicle roof load rating? Cause that dictates how much we can actually put on the, on the roof rack. But if we do put a roof rack up there um, we want to make it relatively light And then when we think about the stuff we're going to store on the roof, if we do start to put things on the roof, 
we really want to avoid the camel trophy approach, which. Yeah, that actually wasn't that smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it came from the fact that there was four full size adults in every single discovery. Yeah. So you had this compact vehicle, hundred inch wheelbase uh, discoveries. If you've, if you know, those of you who are listening that have been inside one and, and been around one, they're actually very small cars. So imagine four full-size adults with all the gear that you need to cross Kalamantan. Yeah, like uh, the rear passenger in a Discovery is sitting on the rear axle. That's right. They're yeah, they're, yeah, they're sitting on the wheel well of the rear axle. So um, that's why those vehicles ended up with so much roof load. So you really want to be careful with putting too much stuff up top. Also, it's really difficult to access. Mm. It's easy for it to get stolen if you're parked in a hotel and you got all the gear on the roof, it's really easy for people to go up there and grab it. Um, it's easy for it to get damaged by trees and, and, and sun damaged and all that other stuff. So roof load is kind of the last resort, but there are things that make sense around that. I mean, um, there are easy on makes these cool Alubox mounts, you know, Pelican cases can be used on the roof, especially the new Pelican air, which is a lot lighter, but have that stuff bolted down and secured so it isn't easy for it to get stolen. Yeah. It, it's, it's a complicated thing, you know? Um, and, and especially like when we're talking roof load ratings, you know, the more your vehicle is lifted, if it has a larger diameter tire, like that all affects your center of gravity. I mean, all, all your roof load rating is, is how much weight can, can, can be up there at stock center of gravity. So, you know, as you raise that vehicle, that roof load is going down and that's something definitely, you know, to consider. Yeah. And I, it would be interesting to know, and maybe there's a, a listener that's an engineer that could maybe help us with a calculation, but with every additional inch of height of the vehicle, whether it be some from suspension or from tires, what's the percentage you should reduce the roof load rating by? That would be a, yeah. a really interesting thing to come up with and at least have a general rule of thumb around that. In fact, Matt and I will work on that. We'll see if we can add that to the, to the show notes, but Um, I think that would be an interesting exercise to look at. So, you know, when you think about putting gear in your vehicle, um, this is kind of like an advanced technique. And it's something that I've employed in my own vehicles because it's had great results. But where is your your weight distribution front and rear? So go to a local scale, weigh the front two tires on the scale, then weigh the rear two tires on on the scale and figure out what your, what your vehicle load distribution is. Matt was talking about this earlier today. He's like, he's like, my gladiator is getting so dialed in, but I really want to know where's the weight now. And what, what motivated you to want to look into that further? Is it because of your racing days or what, what was the goal? You know, I, I think I'm trying to build this Jack of all trades. I, I like driving fast when I'm in the desert. Um, and knowing that where that weight balance is, like I have a camper on mine. I have an AT summit on mine. I have drawers and a fridge and a drop slide and, and some things. Um, so it's not, it's not excessive. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I can kind of feel it. I, you know, yeah. I can feel that the back end of that vehicle really kind of be a little bit heavier. You know, you kind of tend to get that pendulum feeling from a heavy, yeah, the heavy, yeah, heavy rear vehicle. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's where it came from for me is I'm really trying to just improve the performance of the vehicle, the drivability of the vehicle. You know, one of the things I pride myself on for the vehicles I build is they're still usable on a day-to-day basis. You know, right. I mean, um, you know, talking about roof racks, I, I will never build an overland vehicle that is over eight feet tall. 
because you can generally find always find a modern parking garage that is eight feet tall. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of considerations that I maybe I maybe think of because, you know, yeah, if I'm driving by some cool town, I want to be able to go to it. Um, if I'm driving by San Francisco, I want to be able to park my car. Yeah. Um, you know, so roof racks are interesting. And then, you know, just figuring out that weight balance really affects everything. Um, how are you going to address that in your gladiator? What are some of the things that you're looking at to change that'll improve that weight balance? Well, you know, right now we keep our jerry cans of water, um, in the back of the vehicle next to the fridge. Um, and you know, that's an, that's a real easy one. I'm going to, I'm going to design some kind of custom tank that goes in the front of my drawers. that will actually put that weight in front of the rear axle. So we're going to do that. You know, we just switched to a lithium battery. So that took out, you know, we added huge amounts of capacity and then we took a lot of weight out of the vehicle and that the only place I could put that battery was, was, was pretty far back. Um, and then also small things like how I pack my drawers. Like I really, really like, um, I like having drawers. And I think where I differ from drawers is I see a lot of people that have these immaculate, you know, Oh, here's where my AR 15 goes. Here's where my little ax goes. You know, here's where my recovery kit goes. These, those are the things you're never using when you're traveling. Rarely use. Like, yeah. like, so I stash those things as far forward as possible. Like I moved my tools into my goose gear seat delete underneath the vehicle. Cause that's as center as I can get. And you sure. think of density, a tool roll, is pretty dense. There's a lot of metal in there. There's a lot of supplies sure. and things like that. Um, so we're moving that stuff, that stuff forward. Um, and then also how we pack the drawers, we put the least used things all the way at the, what would be the front of the drawer. Cause that puts the weight all the way, you know, on my drawers, four feet further forward, um, than having it at the back. So we use the rear for groceries and we use the rear of the drawers closest to you for clothes, because those are the lightest things that you can do. Oh, so there's, a, there's a lot of things. I've never that, seen people, you put clothes in the drawers. Yeah. Well, I don't want to live smart. out of a duffel bag. I, I don't need these to be display pieces. I need them to be functional, you know, equipment. And that's free is, is just packing them appropriately. If you are going to put your tools in your drawers, put them at the back because, or the front, sorry, I'm flip-flop, yeah. but put them as far forward in the vehicle between right. the two axles as you can. If you have something heavy, try and get it, you know, in front of the rear axle or behind the front axle. And how do you access your clothes when you're inside the camper or you just grab it ahead of time? Yeah. I mean, you're, there's always going to be compromises, yeah. you know, to everything, but you know, we, we never really have a problem with that. We do everything in packing cubes. So like we have a, we have a little day kind packing cube thing for all of our toiletries that we need, you know, that then hangs on the side. When we, when we set up for camp, we have, you know, all of our undergarments, underwear, all that kind of stuff. We have those in separate things. I mean, I, I never like, I don't think that far into it, but it's a really smart idea at, in the, in the G wagon, I've always put the the tools as far forward in the drawers that I can. And then in the back is the, like the lighter weight cooking kits, yeah. so like the, the snow peak titanium bowls and things that are really lightweight that I have towards the back. But I definitely could use reorganizing the G wagon drawers a little bit. The, 
in a lot of my vehicles, I have avoided drawers because of the weight that just, yeah. com- the, the weight that just comes from the drawer itself, the expense that comes with the drawer itself. But I do really like it in, in vehicles that are set up primarily for travel, like your, like your gladiator is and like my G wagon is where that's really what I use the car for. Yeah. Um, and, and I like the drawers because um, it allows a great place to put the fridge um, on a slide that can come out. And then it also allows you to, to since you're stacking systems in order for me to get to this stuff in the drawer system, I don't have to remove everything else to get to it. And that really saves a lot of time. And I, and I found that when you're camping a lot, or especially like a lot of North American travelers do, we move every day, that extra time savings really reduces frustration. You know, one of the things we found is we use alu boxes, which are uh, an aluminum expedition case that are, I I like them because they, they have these little feet that kind of nest together. So I only need like one lashing strap to carry two cases because that makes sense. It it doesn't, they don't shift around. They don't really move around. Yeah. You know, so we decided to keep, you know, a lot of people seem to keep like food in boxes. Well, food is something you're accessing three times a day. You know, the way I travel, um, I want to eat tacos for lunch. I, yeah. you know, I want to, you know, we'll try and stay at campgrounds or hostels or whatever. And, you know, usually we'll eat somewhere for dinner every other night. So for me, my cooking stuff that a lot of people put in the drawers, I put that in a, in an alley box. And the reason for that is we cook on a table. We keep the table underneath the overhang on the summit. And that's something that we actually don't access that much, but we want to keep the food safe in a drawer um, because the drawers are actually lit and it's easy. And we keep the clothes in the other drawer and all of the cooking stuff, you know, we keep in these cases because you're not cooking inside of the vehicle. You're always cooking outside of the vehicle for our setup. So, you know, you take those things, you set them on the tailgate, you set them on the ground. They can stay outside. If you're cooking at night, Let's say you cook dinner. What are you going to have to do that morning? You're going to have to cook breakfast. So why put them in, you know, in the drawer when you can just have this already out anyways. And they can, and since those alley boxes are waterproof, it doesn't matter. You know, you stick it under the truck or you leave it where it's at. You just, everything has its home and, 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 and you go back there. I I really like the flexibility of hard cases. Um, but I also, I, I tend to, not travel with soft bags really anymore because I have drawers and and things like that. And we, we prioritize our clothes and our food to be in those drawers. Yeah. The real advantage of the hard cases is they can be lashed down securely because they don't compress. They do a really good job of protecting the contents because again, they don't compress or get smashed because they have some structure in and of themselves. So what I, what I've done like on, on the G wagon is drawer system at the, as the first layer, then wolf boxes or alu boxes as the second layer. And then the third layer is soft luggage for me because I do put all of my clothes in a soft bag because yeah. I typically, you know, I'll throw it up in, throw it up in the roof tent or I'll throw it into a ground tent or I'll take it into a, to a little hacienda that I'm staying yeah. in or something like that. Well, I mean, and, and I, I guess, you know, we're talking about two different vehicles. I have a five foot bed available. You have a lot more room. And my MSA drawers are what, I mean, I think all but the front six inches are, you know, hundred percent extension. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, so it just, it gives me a, a different way to maybe look at things because yeah. even something that is at the back wall of that drawer is 100% accessible to me. 
And one thing um, you said that actually sounded a little advertorial, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> I do sell those things. Um, that wasn't my intention with that. Yeah. I, I just always try and keep that separate. You know, one of the things you mentioned, one of the last times we were talking about the gladiator is that you kind of built it as this super capable, international ready RV. It's like your version of an RV. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's probably the distinction, right? Is that um, the G wagon for me or how I typically travel in a wagon is kind of like a bigger version of a motorcycle. Yeah. My travel tempo and stuff doesn't really change much. I I like to stay in small towns. I like to to experience the local culture. So I tend to to camp out much less often, unless I'm in North America. If I'm in North America, I tend to camp. If I'm in Baja, I tend to camp. But if I'm somewhere remote in Russia, I tend to not camp. Yeah. So I think the thing to to recognize is that everybody is going to have a different a different setup. You know, for somebody that's staying in the United States, you know, heck yeah, put that AR-15 in your drawers. You know, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not saying my PS90 conveniently fits in my drawers. Yeah. Um, you know, not that I would know, but I, I don't need that when I'm when I'm going overseas. So I think it's just important find the things that are important to you, and just prioritize the use of them. Sure. Don't go for show and the pretty Instagram photo of your drawers. Use the stuff, put the stuff in there that you're actually going to use that you actually want to keep safe. That's going to actually improve your quality of life on the road. Yeah. And convenience access, all that stuff is so important. Another little consideration is how many people do you have in the vehicle? If you've only, if you're only traveling with two people, consider removing the rear seats by removing the rear seats or even the third row seats, you gain a bunch of payload back and you gain tons of space. Yeah. Tons of room. Now you did that on your gladiator. Yeah. You, you I, I did the the goose gear. I'm going to call it the three quarter seat delete. I don't know what the actual percentage is. It took out two seats. There's one seat left. So I guess that's 66.6%. Yeah. It's probably a 60, <laughs> 60, 40. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever they're calling it. And, and you know, we travel it's, it's Laura and myself and our Greyhound, please adopt one. They're great. But, you know, we actually were able to fit an entire square Costco Kirkland massive bed. He's a pretty big dog in the back. And it also gives us a place to store his food that he can't really get to. Um, we decided to keep one seat. Um, the Gladiator is pretty convenient. Like the seat just like folds up and there's no mech. There's no structure beneath it. Um, so it's really not that big of a, of a, of a trade-off. And, and sometimes you just need to haul somebody to the yeah, next town. A, a guide, uh, oh, sure. somebody that's taking you there, um, you know, yeah, or a local, a local that or, needs some help or whatever yeah, or yeah. friend you met at the bar and you want to give them a ride back to campsite or whatever that is. I, I always like to have at least one more seat. Um, you know, some countries that you travel through, you're going to have to have a guide, especially as an American in a lot of places. So, um, you know, do consider that before you rip out all of your seats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I typically remove the, the 60 of the 60, 40, and it's worked really well in yeah. my uses. So. And, and even, you know, some vehicles, you don't have to have a, a seat delete. Like we didn't really need a seat delete, but it, it benefited us. Um, G wagon, you don't need a seat delete because no, it's, it's flat, super flat. flat floor. Um, you know, but you're taking out 50, 60, 70, a hundred pounds from that vehicle. A lot. Um, you know, and you can reinvest that weight someplace else. And then also another thing to consider around storage, and this is just a, a point that is a little bit of a counterpoint to things like drawers and permanent storage installations is 
the more of the equipment that you can remove, uh, the lighter you can make the vehicle for certain scenarios. So um, I think back to a story I was told years ago about a Defender 110 that got stuck down and they call them a witch's, a witch's eye in the sand dunes. It's this natural wind formation that's extremely difficult for a vehicle to get out of. And they ended up removing everything, all of the doors, all of the equipment. <laughs> um, they even removed the front seat and he was... I think he was sitting on a box or something like that to get the vehicle basically like the weight of a dune buggy to eventually get the defender out of the out of the dunes. So there are definitely times when uh, you want to be able to remove all of the equipment quickly. Um, you know, imagine, you know, the vehicle stuck on the beach and you're you need to remove all of your critical gear. If everything is in drawer systems and things like that, it's a lot more difficult to remove that stuff. Yeah. That's the biggest downside to the drawers. In my opinion, um, it's just the weight associated with them. You can't really, it's not something you're taking out. I mean, that's something that's pretty much going to stay in the vehicle for as long as you own it. But they have tons of convenience advantages. It's just think about how you use the vehicle. If you, if you also use it to go to Costco and you use it, you know, as the family daily go getter, then, um, maybe consider not putting in a drawer system and going with stackable boxes like Alu boxes because Zargus is another brand. But uh, those can be a great way. Or Pelicans, you can you can take everything out, put it back into family mode, and go to go to the grocery store and load it up full of stuff. Yeah. Um. So I do like drawers. Originally, I was a little bit adverse to them, but the vehicles that I have now all have the payload capacity to accommodate it. So I'll tell you, drawers never clicked for me um, until, you know, we did our big trip around Australia and our troop carrier. And, you know, when we left for that vehicle, I had all my tools in the drawers and I had, you know, all of my recovery gear in there and everything. And then for me, the big, the big aha moment for drawers was, well, actually I can, this could be my dresser. Yeah. <laughs> this could be my pantry. Yeah. Those are the things that I was actually using every All day. All the time. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you're not actively using your recovery equipment. Um, but I don't know. I generally, I eat more on trips than I recover myself. Then you get stuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, soft luggage, I think, um, there's some really, really good stuff out. I'm a huge fan of soft bags when I travel, especially if I'm I'm flying somewhere and I'm renting a vehicle like Scott and I were just in Namibia, um, both soft luggage for that. It was yep. really easy to throw in the back of the defenders. You don't have to worry about them moving around. Like I have a, I have a, you know, carry on uh, hard case that I travel with and I would never want to travel with that off road because it's just, it's just going to roll around everywhere, slide everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a nice thing with the, the soft luggage, um, especially particularly if it's waterproof, you know, I've had this North face duffel for, yeah, those expedition duffels are classic. I've had it since I was like 14 years old sure. and, and I just, I can't kill it. I, I probably has a million air miles on it. Sure. And then I have the thing I really like are these watershed duffels. Um, they're actually made for, I want to say they're made for like kayaking or something, sure. but they're a full roll top. And the cool thing with those is you can actually kind of maintain some air pressure inside of them. So when other bags are getting thrown on them, they, they'll, they'll hold air. Yeah. Um, they're completely waterproof and, 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 you know, pretty cool. Especially and a, a lot of those nicer uh, pieces of soft luggage, they have heavy duty uh, buckles and they have heavy duty strapping points and even the shoulder straps I've used 
shoulder straps many times to help secure luggage in yeah. the back of a vehicle. One of the the soft luggage that I've used for many years, used it for Expedition 7, et cetera, is Redox because I like the fact that they're made in the USA. Yeah, I do, really nice I do like that. Um, they're, they're designed to last a lifetime. Um, and then they've also, uh, one of the main reasons why I use it is that they have these super heavy duty metal buckles on them. So I can use a metal buckle to really strap the gear down tightly. Um, the only thing that I have found that I don't care for about them is that they're not waterproof enough for use on a roof rack. Like if you needed to throw the bag up top and it was raining, uh, because the zippers allow for some seepage and stuff that they're not as waterproof as the, like a the roll top. Best roof rack bag that I've ever seen and I've used is actually I want to say it's the front runner monsoon bag. Don't quote me on it being called a monsoon bag, but it actually has kind of like a molded base in the bottom of the bag. So it has some structure to oh, it. Oh, smart. So things aren't, you know, things aren't falling in between the slats on the roof rack or or something if it gets pressed down. And then it has like this aluminum handle built into the, 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 the carry. I, I don't know how to, you, you got to see one. Yeah, because we'll, we'll put it in the show. Yeah. Notes. Pl- plenty of places to strap it down. It's meant to go on a roof rack and it's really cool. Um, I, I actually really, really like those. They're just, they're easy to get stuff in. They're the perfect thing for, for a roof rack. Um, so if you are looking for that, nice. Um, that's something that I've had a good experience with. And then uh, we're seeing even more of these kind of hybrids where it's a, like a nylon case that'll take like two wolf boxes in it or something yeah. like that, which that's an interesting idea. Probably makes it easy to move around and things like that. But for the most part, I do like if, if I go with a hard case to be careful with weight. Um, Pelicans are absolutely the bomber choice. Yeah, they're if you're, yeah, if you've got your camera gear in it, it's got to go with a Pelican case, right? Yeah. I mean, but if you're putting, if you're putting like your socks and underwear in it, probably don't need a Pelican case. Cause they're, they, they're heavy and they're yeah, expensive. They're really expensive too. I, I, I don't know when I, when I first got into overlanding, I thought everything must be in a Pelican case. Right. I have to have my socks in a Pelican case. I have to have my beef jerky in a Pelican case. <laughs> I have to have my camp stove in a Pelican case. And then I realized I had 200 pounds of Pelican cases. Right. They're really heavy. I mean, if you, if you, if you want to make sure that, whatever you're putting in a case doesn't get broken and that case doesn't break buy a Pelican case. Totally. They're they're great. Um, but they're so overkill and they don't really nest quite as well. They slide around quite a bit. Yeah. Like the wolf boxes nest really well. The alu boxes nest really well. The Zargus cases nest really well. I I really like those, those like a few people make them. I think front runner calls them the cub packs and the yep. wolf packs. Yep, the wolf they're packs. probably the most prolific manufacturer of them, but they're just a South African army ammunition case. That, that's what I use for all my camping. Yeah. All my kitchen kit is in there. They weigh so. like a pound. Yeah. You know, they kind of have these little latches Four latches. You can take the roof off or the, you know, the lid off. I actually use those to organize within my drawers. Oh, nice. Um, because if I need to move something around or if I need to, you know, put some more groceries in, you know, I basically have four of these things. I want to say three or four oh, the cub, cub, the cub ones in each drawer. And yeah, those are clever. So happen to fit perfectly. And I can just take stuff out as I need it. If I want to take, you know, reuse the groceries that I had from camping, put them in the house. I just take the whole box and it's really easy and it doesn't really cost me much weight. And that's why I tend to use the wolf boxes is because 
I mean, right here, we're, we're at Overland Journal offices right now and, and outside in our, in our bay where we keep all of our equipment, got these shelves and I can easily have all of my stuff labeled. You know, this is the kitchen box. This is the tools box. This is the, and it's really easy. Like if I have a test vehicle yeah. or if I, if I'm borrowing a vehicle, I can easily just transition that stuff into another, another car, which is, I, so I do like, I do like the wolf boxes. They're, they're much lighter. Um, and they're only about 45 bucks, I think 50 bucks, maybe I maybe cheaper. Yeah. Um, so they're really affordable. And, and that's what I like about, it. I mean, you know, you can have the Gucci stuff, but if you're going to have the Gucci stuff, you better make sure you still have the money to travel, you know? Yeah. So if you're looking for something that is just a rock solid proven option, I think that those are really great. They are. And value back boxes are really nice. Um, I like the lightweight of aluminum boxes. They, they do a good job of sealing. So that's one of the downsides of the wolf packs yeah, is they don't seal well. Waterproof. Um, a Pelican is sealed to submersion. A, an alu box is sealed against the weather and a wolf pack. You got to be a little bit careful with dust and, and water ingress uh, with those. They do okay, but they, they definitely are not uh, waterproof or weatherproof. But I do, I do like the alu boxes um, because of, of how well they nest. In fact, when we were crossing Greenland, we had a trailer that we had a whole row of value boxes in. And it was shocking to me with only one strap holding those things down. It basically became like a superstructure. Yeah. It was incredible how well they would stay together. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's a bunch of other things. I mean, you know, for storing stuff, you have like your Molly stuff and those are pretty ubiquitous these days. You can find specifically for like American vehicles, you know, forerunners and Jeeps and whatever. If you, if, if there is a square inch of that space, you can cover it in some kind of Molly panel guaranteed. Um, and those do have their place. Uh, I, for international travel, I'm a little less of a fan of that because if someone's doing a vehicle inspection at a border, it's going to look very military. Yeah. And I'm really careful with any Molly, et cetera, around international travel, but if yes. you're primarily traveling in the U.S. and Canada and even Mexico, it's fine. But yeah, Mexico is an interesting one. You know, digital camo yeah. is civilians cannot have that in yeah. Mexico. I actually, I, I have being the Max Tracks suit. I have one of the only sets of multicam Max Tracks that we sold at the SOCOM guys, and I've actually gotten nabbed for that in Baja before. Interesting. You know, you're you're not supposed to have. I mean, they were just they're they're very predominant and large, and it's a looks like a military piece of equipment. And they're like, you can't have that. So I, mean, I had a set of orange ones that I threw on the other side, but they will say stuff about that um, at the checkpoints in Baja. Yeah. We want to respect their, their rules. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but the advantage, the upside to Molly is that a lot of this, these smaller bags and, and like you, when you need to access your headlamp, it's in the forerunner, maybe it's super quick to get to, or it's on the back of the front seat. And those are the advantages of that quick grab stuff. Because again, at the end of the day, we're trying to get things as well organized as possible without, without being pedantic, without being OCD. We want it to be organized where when it's dark in the middle of the night and you're stuck and you need to access your headlamp, you know where it's at and it's exactly. easy to get and to. And I love the seatback systems for that. I, I have them in um, my Land Cruiser and I have them in my Gladiator. And what do you have on the back of the seat for you? I keep practical things. I, I keep sunblock. I keep bug spray. I yeah. keep headlamps. I keep snacks because I get 
hangry. Yeah. You know, I, I keep dog ma- treats. I keep maps. Yeah. No, no, no. Cause the backseat's his, <laughs> um, you know, I, I just keep things, you know, I, I think of it as like the locker room for each person. Laura has one. I have one on the back of our seats and that's just where all of our quick, quick access stuff goes. Personal effects. You know, they don't have to be completely full. That's the yeah. thing I always tell people is you, just because there's a space for something doesn't mean it has to be occupied by it. You know, so we, we just keep the the quick things in there, cell phone chargers, headphones, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. For those that are listening, um, pull up on Google when you get a chance, Parkinson's theory and Parkinson's law. And it's basically this idea that if we have space or if there or if a bureaucracy has um, budget, you know, it'll always expand to the available space. Right. Yeah. So um, it is it is human nature to if we have some ditty bag, we're going to fill it full of something. Yeah. If we've got a drawer system, we're going to find a bunch of stuff to put inside it. So um, maybe starting off with fewer places to put things might help limit the amount of gear that we bring, bring along. I, I always say like the things I keep on the seat back systems, I drive a Jeep, so I don't have a huge center console. Like it's not an F two fifty where I can fit a person inside of it. Sure. Um, you know, so that's this, that's the replacement for me, I guess. Um, and I just like that. It's quick. Access. What do you normally put in your center console? Is that where you put your camera? I, I do put my camera in there. Like yeah, the, right. the Jeep gladiator in jail is actually interesting. I, I can fit a 5d Canon and a 24 to 105 lens with a lens cap on perfectly in there. So it's really, really easy to access. Nice and relatively safe. And then I don't have to have a Pelican case filled with camera gear. Yeah. So that's something that I'm constantly accessing. Sure. Because I am, you know, creating content for, you know, business and for magazines and things like that. So I, that's what I keep in there. Um, And And then it's also not cluttered. The only thing that I have on my seat back is one of those quick, quick grab medical kits where it's got, you know, gloves, um, you know, tourniquet, yeah. you know, just in case I come across an accident on the road yeah, or that I have a, an accident in camp that I've got. Yeah. That's actually something that I, that I could do better. I and mean, we keep our, we keep a more comprehensive medical kit for us in the back. But if it is anything to where our priorities lie, we have a dog first aid kit within reach and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but yeah, that, that's a, that's another great thing for that. And that was something we made a note on to talk about today is anything that is emergency related should be easily accessible. And I, this is again, from me learning it the hard way, maybe 15 years ago, I was pulling a trailer in Sonora, Mexico, and I went to get back onto the road. And because there's no shoulders and, and like the asphalt is two feet, two oh, feet yeah. high that you got to hop over. The, I rolled the trailer on the middle of, in the middle of Mex two in Mexico. <laughs> so the trailers roll, I can't get to my flares. I can't get to my emergency triangle. I have it all in the vehicle, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly where I had it and it was buried deep. And if I remember even some of it was in the trailer. So, um, having your Jack accessible, like when you put in all of these drawer systems and stuff, make sure that the drawer system isn't that's covering. The, that's where the Molly stuff is so great. I yeah, actually just sure. bought some Molly panels that go behind the rear door on the gladiator. And that's where I'm going to put a fire extinguisher. That's really easy to get to. I know that, you know, people put them in the, you know, footwell or something and that's more accessible, but I don't know for me, that's fine. Yeah. Just make sure that stuff is accessible when, when you start to prioritize space, 
it's easy to say, when am I ever going to need a fire extinguisher? But when you do need it, you need it immediately. Arguably overland vehicles need a fire extinguisher more than anything else out there on the road. Like (laughs) a lot of them that have burned down. I've seen more burnt down Jeeps and four wheel drives and overland trucks than I have rolled ones ever. Yeah. Um, it, and it's because of the electrical wiring, you know, sure. you get, you get jabronis that kind of just go in there and they're like, Oh sweet. I got some new led lights. And then repeat that by 12 sets of led lights and wires crossing each other. Totally. You know, that's why, I, that's why I love on these new vehicles, like the integrated switch panels or aftermarket switch pros and S pods. And I think ARB links yeah. as a system, like those things super tightly prevent integrated. you from needing that fire extinguisher to right. an extent. But ha- make sure that all of that emergency stuff is accessible. Make sure your first aid kit is accessible. Fire extinguisher, um, you know, the things, y- your bug out kit, the stuff, your, you know, your sat phone, make sure that sat phone isn't at the back of the drawer system. Yeah. So now when the wa- when the vehicle's underwater because you failed an exit of a river that you can actually get to help. Yeah. So um, that was one note that we had is just to make sure that emergency qu- equipment takes priority in where it's placed in the vehicle and then be very thoughtful around organization so that it reduces time. I think along the lines of Matt's suggestion with the red dot is make note of the things that you use all the time and move them into the more and more accessible locations. Just because you spend a bunch of time in your driveway organizing all your kit, you don't have to stick with that. You can start to change your plan to make it more convenient And then, of course, there are other things that we need to store. Uh, We talked about firewood that can easily go on the rack, but we also need to carry lots of water and lots of fuel. Huge amounts of water. Yeah. So if especially if you if you really want to rock up and enjoy that two weeks on the beach in Baja, you're going to bring a lot of water with you. So putting the water down low um, and as far forward in the vehicle as possible is key. Um, there are really good water tank systems, but where I start to get concerned is when I see the eight foot long, six inch diameter PVC pipe on the rack filled with water. It's the it's the worst place you can put weight. I yeah, mean, like we're is. not saying don't do roof racks, but roof racks are in the worst place on a vehicle. I mean, weight that is high up is worse than weight that is down low. Yep. You know, I always, I always question when people put fuel and water on their roof rack. It looks cool. Though. It looks cool. Yeah. But now your water is, you know, I guess for showers, I think that's the whole point of those, of those systems. But, you know, then you do get the solar gain from it and whatnot. But, you know, I see people put, you know, water pack things on their roof and well, now your water's like 800 degrees and tastes like, you know, cheap like plastic. plastic. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. the same with fuel, like, what happens when you roll your vehicle, right? You're, you're literally covering every square inch of your vehicle in gasoline. Right. That's, you know, cause it's, it's going to leak. I mean, that's going it, to, it's, it's, it's most likely. Roll, yeah. There's a really good chance of that. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, extended range fuel tanks for that reason. Um, I know that they're pricey and whatnot, but I think that that's something that I use a lot. And it gets the weight down very low in the vehicle. And it typically is frame mounted. So it's a very secure place to store the fuel. Um, I've also done that used extended range tanks and that really makes a difference. But if I do um, use fuel cans, like for example, um, when I was crossing the Altar desert years ago in a Land Rover, 
I removed part of the rear seat, put it as far forward and as low down as possible. Yeah. And then you use high. I remember high how you did that. They were like stacked up on right. the rear seats. Um, and you used, you know, NATO jerry cans or something. I want to say. Which have really good seals and they don't tend to off gas or leak. I, I didn't have any leaks or experience any leaks during that trip. So you want to make sure you've got fresh seals in those and you're paying attention to not um, not damaging how they align for a good seal. Um, and then water, I tend to use, I like to use MSR dromedary, dromedary bags. Dromedary bags. I yeah. picked that up from you for sure. And I just put them in the wheel well, or not in the wheel, in the foot well of the rear seats. Because even if you've got kids, which I don't have kids, but even if somebody has kids, you could still, your kids are sitting in the seat, their legs are kind of dangling down. Yeah. You can still have it filled with with water. Um you know, front runner makes a, oh, yeah, the, a the really, little, really clever one cut out for a transmission tunnel. Yeah. Really clever. Um, they water make seat back thing. ones too. I actually just do. want one of those. Um, those are clever. Yeah. I, you know, this isn't a paid ad for front runner. This actually happened. They just make really, really good stuff, cool yeah. stuff. I mean, like South Africans do this every weekend. They do. And they have for 30 years. Um, water bladders and fuel bladders aren't really, super popular, but I, I do really like those. I, I often question why, why more people don't use those instead of bags. Um, you know, if they're, you know, for example, oh, instead a, of tanks, yeah. yeah if, a, if a private jet needs to fly to Australia or something, oftentimes a lot of these Lear jets, they use, you know, auxiliary tank fuel bladders that go in place of passengers or whatever. So right. if it's, if it's good enough for a, you know, an aerospace environment, I assure you it's fine for your Tacoma. Yeah. And there's a couple, I mean, giant loop sells sells some really good quality um, collapsible fuel bladders that, and the cool thing about those is when you're done with them, when you're, when the fuel's been taken out of them, you can just roll them up and you don't have that space. That's right. And you make those decisions that you make like that, they compound, right? Um, because that water jug that you have, that's now empty still has to be stored. That's right. That still the same fuel, volume. Yeah. That fuel can that you have to buy the bumper for that adds weight to the rear of the vehicle that makes it handle like crap that makes it worse off road. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to store it. And, and, and you start to think like that when it comes to storage and all of a sudden, you know, your vehicle is just more flexible. It's more lightweight. It's nicer to drive. You're not, you're not going down the road and you don't have things rattling, things <laughs> rattling. Like, you know, the interior of my Jeep looks pretty much stock. The back of my Jeep, Jeep, like when it's loaded, you can't tell that it's loaded or empty because everything kind of has its home. It's place. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a good, a, a good thing is just to make sure everything has a home. Um, everything in its place. Right. And, and I think that, when it comes to storage is thinking, thinking layers have the stuff that you use most often, most accessible to Matt's point, the stuff that you don't use, maybe leave it at home next time so that you're carrying less weight and less complexity. And there's less risk of loss because you've, you've not brought as many expensive things along. Um, and, and I think that when it comes to hard versus soft, um, make sure that, everything at the end of the day is lashed down properly. It really doesn't matter if you, if you really like so- all missiles, when yeah. you hit a brick wall yeah. or, you know, people tend to think or roll or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People tend to think that you're going to get hit. It's always going to be someone else's fault. Yeah. 
Well, what happens when you're just going down a trail and you go around a blind turn and it's just completely washed out right. and your vehicle nose dives into a wash yep. um, or there's a tree that's fallen and, and things that are just out of your control. Um, you know, that, I mean, it, it, it's all a projectile. Anything, anything can happen with that. And, and having it all lashed down is really, really critical. So I, I think when it comes to storage, keep it simple, right? Yeah. And, and reduce the amount of stuff you have, lash it down properly, and then leave the stuff at home that you, you aren't using. Anything else you got, Matt? Any other I, ideas? I think just think, think in terms of efficiency. Like I know I'll use the example of like those action packer things that you can get at Walmart. Like a yeah. lot of people use those. The way they're reinforced and the way the lid is, like the, the walls aren't even at a 90 degree Yeah, they're angle. really space inefficient. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can have something smaller that is actually larger if you just do the research. Figure out what works for you and, and try and be minimal. I'm not saying don't bring the things with you that increase your comfort that you actually use. Just don't bring the stuff with you that you don't use. Totally. Keep it simple. <laughs> so, And on that note... Yeah, we, we will uh, talk to you all about more principles of, and we'll finish our white claws now. Oh, geez, yeah. I mean, I, like I'm, I kind of feel guilty admitting that it was quite refreshing. Yeah, we were trying to be hip. This is us trying to be hip yeah. with overlanding. Take care, guys, um, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>